This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. All right, welcome to a fun, fun show. Week 7 beginning tonight. I'm Adam Azer with Heath Cummings and Jamie Eisenberg. This is Fantasy Football Today, and I am really excited for the slate of AFC home games. And we're not even talking about Tampa Bay and Las Vegas, which could also be an awesome game. We're going to save that one for tomorrow. This episode is sponsored by Express. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Find out more about Express and their exclusive offer and what Heath is wearing later in the show. All right, what's going on, guys? Let's talk about the, like, look at these games we're talking about today. We got a game that, that features the start of the week. Uh, Jacksonville and uh, the Chargers, Kansas City, Denver, uh, San Francisco at New England. Uh, oh, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. How could I like bury that lead? We got some great games this week. Jamie, which game are you most looking forward to? I- I'm most looking forward to Pittsburgh, Tennessee. But since Heath is on today's show and not tomorrow's show, you should really let him give his take on Derek Carr because I think it's interesting looking at the matchup and he likes Derek Carr this week, which I think is fascinating because it's such a, such a tough opponent. Yes. Heath has him 13th, Dave 15th, 17th for Jamie against Tampa Bay. Okay. Heath go on. Well, I think this is a tough spot for Tampa Bay. They are playing a team coming off a bye after a big win at a dominant win over the Packers. So there's that letdown concern. They are traveling almost across the country. Tampa Bay to Las Vegas is like 90% of the way across the country. And then they're going to spend a weekend in Las Vegas, their first time doing that as a team. And uh, all of that aside, like those are the reasons I'm not sure Tampa Bay's defense will be as elite as it has been so far this season for most of the season. They weren't, weren't very great against Justin Herbert. But the other thing is Derek Carr, four straight games over 22 fantasy points, two of those at Foxborough at Kansas City. Like that might be more difficult than playing Tampa Bay at home or at least on the same type of scale. So I don't quite have him as a top 12 quarterback, um, but I do think right in that 22 point range again is certainly possible. I don't, I don't know that the Raiders are going to be able to run the ball successfully against Tampa Bay. I think they're going to have to throw it. Well, unfortunately, they are not going to be playing with an offensive line, it seems. We'll talk more about that. No, that's right. an exaggeration. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. Um, all right. Uh, your stat of the week, Derrick Henry is currently on pace for 394 carries. That's a lot of carries. He's facing the They see the fewest carries per game in the NFL. They have allowed one carry all season of more than 20 yards. It was to Miles Sanders. They did lose their defensive signal caller and linebacker Devin Bush, but uh, this is uh, this is a really cl- clash of the titans, if you will. <laughs> right? I know. I thought it was terrific. It, it took me like three hours last night to come up with that, but I can't wait for that. And uh, Heath said something to me on Sunday night when we were recording fantasy football today in five. He's like, "Did we go the entire full?" podcast of FFT without mentioning Derrick Henry. And I think we did. 
<laughs> we just took it for granted with his 200 yard game with two touchdowns last week. But uh, yeah, that's a lot of good matchups in that game. We'll, we'll break that one down. No hesitance, uh, no hesitation to start Derrick Henry, right? You have no choice. No, but I would, I'm, I'd be shopping him. I really would. I'd be trying to trade him. I mean, you know, his value is as high as it's going to be. Like I got, I got, I was on a radio show this morning and the host asked me, would you trade Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey? Would you trade Derrick Henry to get Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey in PPR league? That's easy for me. Yes. Adam, we, I don't think we ever discussed this because I botched it on the Believe It or Not show on Sunday night and didn't say this one for Believe It or Not. I said something about Anthony Ferkser or something. Um, but the actual Believe It or Not from that game was oh, we, we, Derek Henry is the most valuable asset player in non-PPR leagues. There's no player you should trade Derek Henry straight up for in non-PPR. And I said Zeke, and then Zeke fumbled six times. Well, and Zeke still has a buy too. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I would, I would take Kamara or McCaffrey in a heartbeat, in any form. In non McCaffrey too. Yes, he might have three fewer games. He might have two fewer games. Well, he definitely has two fewer games. He might yeah. have three fewer games. And you're still, yeah, you're JV is very low on Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. It's not that I'm low on Derrick Henry. It's just the the, the he just lost his best offensive lineman. What else you are? Huh? Oh, compared to everybody else, sure, but yeah. I, I, I don't give him away. <laughs> Derrick Henry had a did not have a carry of more than I think 16 yards before last week. Uh, and he still averaged 102 yards per game and scored yeah. a touchdown per week. Well, he was on pace, I think, for more he's, than he's been. He's been amazing. He's been absolutely amazing. But I don't know. Like I, 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 I don't like. I don't necessarily disagree. If you can sell him for the moon, you, you should. Um, but I think it's like worth stating one more time: the slow start he was on before last week was on pace for 1600 yards and 16 touchdowns. And he was on a slow place last year, too, before he took off. So, uh, Okay, the big news. Antonio Brown attracting some interest, seeing, seeing him being picked up in basically every league I'm in yesterday. Don't so, go to Seattle, please. Yeah, I know. That would be bad. Okay, what, what are your overall thoughts on this, Jamie? Well, I think if you have an open roster spot, pick him up. You know, Don't drop anybody of significance for him just because he's Antonio Brown. I mean, he's 32 years old. He basically hasn't played in uh, a year and a half. Um, and if he goes to Seattle as the third guy, because the other two are still pretty good. I mean, maybe you can make a case. He's the best guy there, but still there's three other mouths to feed in this offense. I don't know if you're going to be starting Antonio Brown on a consistent basis. So it is a hundred percent worth the speculative ad in your fantasy team. But again, just don't go crazy and drop somebody who you could be starting anytime soon for him the eagles are the one the one team that would uh would be more exciting right because he could like if he was antonio brown again he could go there and command 30 percent of the targets as soon as he was up to speed eagles make a ton of sense uh given what their receiving core looks like um he's always linked to the ravens which uh, should sure. be no no good at all that would not be good at all percent rostered right now so um, yeah, if you if you have an opportunity to pick him up, you absolutely should. Okay, to wrap up this discussion here, would you be looking to trade DK Metcalf for Tyler Lockett, thinking, uh-oh, Antonio Brown's coming to town? It's not a bad idea. I, yeah. It's not a bad idea. I mean, Lockett obviously has been struggling the last couple of games, and Metcalf's value is probably as high as it will be if, if they sign Antonio Brown. 
But again, don't give those guys away because we just don't know. I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd hate to trade those guys and then all of a sudden he signs with Philadelphia, he signs with Baltimore, he signs with somebody else, you know. So until you get word that it's official um, or, or start to hear the rumors about the team that he's really linked to. Yeah, okay. I'm not selling Lockett because his value's, I think, too low after the last couple of weeks. But DK Metcalf is a guy, I mean, his production based on his targets, I I would be trying to sell him. I we talked about Chris Godwin as a buy low. I, I'd rather have Chris Godwin still. Yeah, like I have a I had an offer in one league of Will Fuller for Tyler Lockett. Like that's one I need to consider more. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Joe Mixon mispracticed, so we still don't know. They've been very vague about it, but uh, he mispracticed on Wednesday. We'll see if he practices Thursday. Not a bad idea to get Giovanni Bernard. He wasn't really added in a ton of leagues. He's only 26% rostered, so Gio is out there. Austin Eckler is going to be going to be back later rather than sooner. So this could be very good for Josh Justin Jackson if he can, you know, get the starting job, keep the starting job because Jacksonville this week. That's a beautiful matchup. We've got a lot of good matchups coming up. Las Vegas right tackle Trent Brown is on the reserve COVID list, and the the Raiders sent their entire starting offensive line home because of contact tracing. So that's not good news against that front seven basically of Tampa Bay. Well, they also put one player on the COVID reserve list. Yeah, Trent Brown. Right. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you just said they sent them all home. I apologize. <laughs> well, no, they yeah, because they put him on the reserve COVID list. And I'm he sorry. yeah, he's a terrific right tackle. I think he's I think he's officially played two games, but he barely played in week one. And the one game that he actually played played was the Chiefs game. And they basically lit up the Chiefs. Uh Zach Ertz is now out four to six weeks. Is Dallas Goddard in or out tonight? Do we know? Still on injured reserve. Yeah, unless they decide to make him active, which I don't know if they can. I think he's out. All righty. So time for a player you love and a player to avoid. Jamie, who do you love? Well, Justin Herbert's a start of the week, so hopefully this is a, a good start of the week as opposed to a couple of the crappy ones that have happened of late, like last week with Alexander Madison. Um, but I like the setup for him. I mean, obviously he's been playing great. He's averaging just shy of 300 yards per game as a starter. Um, you know, 23 or more fantasy points in three of the four starts and Jacksonville stinks, you know, so this is a, a great opportunity to showcase your star rookie. I think it's his first win in the NFL. That's probably not a huge surprise to say that given Jacksonville making the cross country trip and how bad they've been. So this is going to be, I think the, uh, the showcase Herbert game. Uh, Keenan Allen's healthy. Mike Williams should be there uh, and and play well. And obviously Hunter Henry. So I like the setup for him in a big way. Okay. Heath, who who do you love? Who do you love? Well, that was really not enthusiastic. Uh, Justin Jackson. How about Justin Jackson? 20 touches in his, in his first real full game back against the saints. Now he gets a Jacksonville defense. That's just about as bad as anyone defensively. He is their primary pass catching running back. And I would expect him to lead the team in carries. And uh, it looks like 100 total yards and a touchdown to me. Ooh, okay. So would you, you'd start him over the Thursday night running backs? Both of them. How about the Thursday night wide receivers or Justin Jackson? I believe I would start Justin Jackson over anyone except for the quarterbacks in this game. Okay, how about a super flex league? Would you start Justin Jackson or Sam Darnold against the Bills? <laughs> I would, I might start Justin Jackson over Daniel Jones. I would not start him over Carson Wentz. Okay. All right. Well, like who's, who's worse, Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold? I think, I don't know. I think Sam Darnold's worse. Like for fantasy, Daniel Jones is worse. He has not scored 
double digit fantasy points since week one. <laughs> Who are we avoiding this week? I would really like to avoid most of the Steelers wide receivers. Um, Clay, Chase Claypool is my favorite, but with Deontay Johnson back, there's just so much uncertainty in the way they're distributing their targets. Claypool has been by far the most efficient, the only one over seven yards per target. Johnson dominated targets his first two weeks, but we haven't seen him since really for a full game. He's not been able to stay healthy and his efficiency has been terrible. He's got to have 10 targets in a game or he's not going to get you any fantasy points. Um, and then you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, who I still think is probably really, really good, maybe even the best on the team, but they don't throw him the ball. So Claypool is my favorite. Juju is my second favorite. I really would like to avoid them. Okay, but what if I told you that in four straight games, the Titans have allowed 84 yards or a touchdown? I, I am certain. Wide receivers. I am certain the Titans are going to allow at least one of their wide receivers to have 84 yards or a touchdown, but also two of them, two of them, 84 yards without a touchdown is not a particularly good fantasy day. It's a, it's a start. It's fine. It's a startable game. Uh, good, good, it's good it's game. startable and non PPR depends on how many catches he has to make him startable in PPR. All right, but if, if you tell me Juju Smith Schuster is going to get 84 yards, I'm going to start. That would be a season high from correct. Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, I I'm totally with Heath that this is this is not about i think like we could tell people not to play juju or deontay johnson and most people unfortunately aren't going to be able to listen to that advice because just the nature of what your rosters are and who you're going to like you can't drop juju at this point i just don't no. think that's the right move to do no, so you, in two leagues i have no choice especially three receiver leagues it's, it's yeah, extremely yeah, difficult both. to get away from in two receiver leagues it's a little bit easier because you know you hopefully will have somebody a little bit better. I wrote and starts it and I feel this way. Like I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong on Juju. I want this to be the, the Juju game. Uh, we were on FFT yesterday. P Prisco says, I'm going to keep saying it. This is going to be a Juju game until I'm wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong. And I think we all kind of feel the same way. Like we all want to see Juju come out and have a very strong game. But when it comes to setting your lineup at this point, like you can't look at guys like Christian Kirk who continues to produce or, uh, T Higgins, who continues to produce or, you know, throw whatever name at Robbie Anderson, you know, I mean, the, you know, the varying scales of, of what their production has been over the course of the season and say, I'm just going to continue to start Juju over these guys. It just doesn't make sense. You know, so it's a great matchup. It's a great scenario. It's just maddening that this guy cannot get going. And now you're throwing Deontay Johnson back in the mix. And that's what makes it even more frustrating. So how about Boston Scott or if your favorite Steelers wide receiver? I'm still going to play Claypool because I think he's shown enough over two weeks that I'll, I'll take the hit if he's bad, but he seems to be the, the, the flavor of the week. So I, I'm going to stick with him in non PPR. I would start Scott over all of them and PPR. I would start Claypool over Scott. I would start both Slayton and Fulgham over any of them. Wow. Okay. And uh, Jamie, real quick, who are you avoiding this week? Uh, I'm going to avoid, and, and I hope Heath's not mad at me for this, but Gardner Minshew, uh, even if I can in two quarterback leagues, which I know is a little bit harder to do, but the thought of him being benched, uh, it, it's scary. <laughs> you know, the fact that Doug Marone has already said it. So it's not on him. He hasn't exactly been the reason for their, their struggles. Uh, he does have an interception. I think it's four of his last five games. 
and he's not playing well. I know the stats are a little bit deceiving because of his completion percentage, but at some point when you start to hear those things for a team that is struggling and they may have to just go into is the rookie that they have in Luton and a potential answer for them, they have to start to you know, consider that. So as a result, I would try to avoid the Jaguars wide receivers as well. Oh, okay. We have I, I, I want to just like, it's, we're, we're talking about Gardner Minshew. I, I need, I, okay. I did get a little mad yesterday at Pete, um, but I'm not mad. I just, I'm just disappointed. No, I, I'm not starting Gardner Minshew in a one quarter rec league. I just think like also the way that Doug Marone's quote has been represented by various headlines, specifically the one in the article, he said in the future, yeah, if it continues to not improve, that's not something I considered this week. He also said, this is not one of those situations where it's one guy that's causing problems. We've all got to get better. I I did not read Doug Marone's quote as if, if he's not good this week against the Chargers, he's getting benched. But I'm, no, no, no. I'm a Gardner Minshew optimist. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, uh, he goes out and they're down by 10 in the first quarter, unless he throws a pick and gets a couple bad sacks that they're pulling him. But if that happens over the course of a half, and it's just like, you know, I don't know what to do. I got to do something. Like, it wouldn't shock me if it does happen in the middle of a game. Like, they're not preparing for him not to play. They're preparing for him to play. All right, guys. Um, we'll have a DJ Chark rankings dispute in a bit, although I think you kind of just heard the reasoning behind Jamie's lower ranking of DJ Chark. Um, all right. got to, We all, actually, this week got something delivered to us. A package, pun intended, from our new sponsor, Manscaped. It was a very impressive package, if I may say so. I opened it up. I was like, wow, this is really cool. Um, and support for Fantasy Football Today comes from Manscaped, who has the best men's grooming tools to get the job done. Fellas, listen up. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for whatever the world throws at it. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, $39 value, um, and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxers. All right, so you got this, this little travel bag here. I'll show you what's in it. Got these boxer briefs. It's good stuff. Actually, really, this is a very, very cool product. Check it out. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANTASYTODAY at manscaped.com manscaped.com slash fantasy today. All right, look, this is an important thing, guys. You're manscaping. Do it right. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Now, this is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest shave, and their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. You can also adjust the settings to get the length you like, and you can stay on top of it with almost no effort at all. And be sure to use their Crop Cleanser uh, crop cleanser Body Wash to keep your hair and skin feeling healthy and fresh. All right, this is the razor. Check this razor out, this, this uh, buzzer. should say that. It's, it's awesome. You're not going to cut yourself. It, you, it's really a great product here. Just check it out. Go to manscaped.com and use that promo code fantasy today. So again, you're going to get 20% off and free shipping with the code fantasy today at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping manscaped.com and use the code fantasy today. Your balls will thank you. Oh yeah. 
All right, news and notes. Le'Veon Bell may not be active this week, so keep that in mind. It's going to be hard to trust him if he is active, given that what, given what Andy Reid said. Uh, Julio Jones' mispractice could just be a maintenance day. He played last week. It was awesome. Marvin Jones' mispractice, and if there's ever a week, it was last week for Marvin Jones, but if there's ever a week, it's this week <laughs> at Atlanta. Uh, Michael Thomas was limited. Are we worried about Michael Thomas playing? No, but I don't like it. Okay. Um, if you heard me, if you're watching the YouTube video and you saw me like, and you heard a zipper just now, that was the manscaping bag. That was, I promise, that was just just a bag. Um, Keenan Allen, not 100%, but he's going to play. Sam Darnold hoping to play this week. Deontay Johnson practice in full. Kind of big injury news for tonight's game. Malik Jackson, Philadelphia's starting defensive tackle. He's out. Uh, I talk a lot about the Eagles run defense and Fletcher Cox is obviously a huge deal, but Malik Jackson is also important to them. So maybe be a little bit more confident in starting Devontae Freeman. Alshon Jeffrey out. Niners are beat up. Left tackle Trent Williams. What else is new? He's questionable. Uh, Richard Sherman and D Ford aren't going to be back for, for several weeks. Raheem Mostert did not practice, but they haven't put him on IR yet. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, New England getting a little healthier on the offensive line. Now, they did put their right tackle, Jermaine Illuminor, on IR, so that's not good. But their center, they're getting two interior linemen back, David Andrews and Shaq Mason. Uh, I, they return to practice. I don't know if they'll play this week, but that is encouraging news. Buffalo linebacker Matt Milano was limited in practice. We'd love to see him get out there, especially if you're starting the Bills DST, the number one DST in the rankings this week. Melvin Ingram, I was more excited about the Chargers DST than I saw that Ingram is on a snap count if he if he plays. Uh, I still think we still think they could be pretty good, I think, against Jacksonville. Um, tight end news. Jordan Aikens mispractice. So Darren Fells has might have that opportunity against Green Bay. Absolutely. Robert Tanyan mispractice. Are we concerned about Tanyan playing? He left the game against Tampa Bay and then came back. Um, yeah, I'd be a little bit concerned at this point. I'd probably look for another alternative just to make sure you're okay. All right, fingers are crossed for Noah Fant. Hope he gets back. They're limited in practice. Jonu Smith, limited in practice. Um, offensive line, Buffalo left guard Cody Ford is week to week. Denver offensive guard Dalton Risner is questionable. Dallas offensive guard Zach Martin has the concussion. He's questionable. Green Bay might be without their left tackle, David Bakhtiari. Those are big, uh, those are big offensive line injuries. Detroit pass rusher Trey Flowers missed practice, so that would be even better for Matt Ryan. If he's not able to play, we hope he is. And uh, Jacksonville linebacker Miles Jack, I think he's re-aggravating that ankle injury. He may not play against the Chargers, and he's, uh, according to the ESPN, been arguably their best player this year, certainly their best defensive player. Miles Jack might not play. You can listen to Fantasy Football Today in 5. First thing in the morning, 3 a.m., we published that baby. So if you want instant reaction, basically, first thing in the morning when you get up, you want to hear us talk about the Giants-Eagles game and more uh, start-sit stuff. Just say, just ask Alexa, play fantasy football today in five, or you can find it on any platform, basically. And uh, on Twitch today, Thursday, 4 to 6 p.m., Heath, Frank, Chris Towers, and I will be talking uh, starter sit, answering all your questions, 4 to 6 p.m. on Twitch, twitch.com slash FF today. And I do want to tell you, in case you're unaware, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, when are they going to talk about these guys, this game? Check the time codes in the episode description. I lay it out for you. I'll let you know when we talk about every single game. 60-second rankings disputes. Let's start with the quarterbacks in the Steelers-Titans game. 
So it's Ryan Tannehill versus Roethlisberger. And basically, Jamie has Tannehill 18th and Roethlisberger 11th. And Heath has Tannehill 11th and Roethlisberger 17th. So a complete flip there. Heath, kick it off. You like Tannehill as a low-end starter. And you're sitting... No, yes. And you're sitting Roethlisberger. Go ahead. I thought we just did the thing last week where we said we weren't ever going to doubt Ryan Tannehill anymore. He was just a top 12 quarterback every week. Um, he's... I, I have a hard time doubting him. And in this Steelers defense, while it was much better against the pass last week, um, is still more difficult to run on than to throw on. And I don't know like what type of impact Devin Bush is going to have on how good the Steelers defense. I think they'll still be good, but I'm not sure that they're going to be great. And I just have been looking like a fool for a year and a half doubting Ryan Tannehill. So I'm just going to leave him in the top 12. As far as Ben Roethlisberger, I think it's a pretty good matchup. His... He's not really throwing, like we've talked a lot about Drew Brees not throwing the ball down the field. Roethlisberger really is not at all either. And he's only thrown for more than 240 yards once this season. He does have multiple touchdowns in four or five games. I've got him projected for 21 fantasy points, I think. That's puts you in the teens this now, I guess. But I'm just not excited about it. Mr. Eisenberg? Well, I'll start with Tannehill. Uh, yes, um, it's it's hard to doubt a guy who's been as consistent as he is, but losing Taylor Lewan going into this matchup is probably the worst thing that could happen to Ryan Tannehill. So he's going to be under extreme duress, and I think not having a healthy Johnny Smith is going to be impactful for him. Uh, so I'm nervous about Tannehill. I would try to avoid him this week, given the scenario of what the uh, the pass rush that will be on him against uh, without his best offensive lineman. In terms of Roethlisberger, uh, you know, last week was a letdown with 13 fantasy points, but he's been so consistent prior to that. Uh, and now he's facing just a terrible defense. The Titans have been just bad against almost every quarterback that they face so far this season. When you have Gardner Minshew, Kirk Cousins, uh, Deshaun Watson as well, but those two guys in particular getting multiple touchdowns against that defense, uh, I think Roethlisberger is going to have similar success. So he may not have a, a big game in terms of his passing yards, but I think it's easy to give him multiple touchdowns based on what he's done. If he gets to the third touchdown, then he's going to be a top 12 quarterback for sure. Uh, yeah, Tana, this is such an interesting matchup without Luan because the Steelers, this is an interesting matchup on like 50 different levels, but the Steelers have the highest pressure rate in the NFL. Yep. They almost certainly have the best pass rush in the NFL. The Titans, that Tannehill took a ton of sacks last year. He's been sacked, I think, six times this year. They have the third lowest sack rate so far in the NFL, which isn't necessarily a measure of an offensive line. It could be getting the ball out quickly, whatever, but he's not getting sacked. Um, but things have changed on the offensive line. Okay, let's talk about DJ Chark. 36th for Jamie, 20th for Heath in PPR, and right in the middle for for Dave, basically. He's got him 30th. Heath, you're the high guy on DJ Chark. Yeah, and it's like after what happened last week, I think you could take two different things out of it. Um, there was some frustration between him and Gardner Manchu. They did not connect, but he got 14 targets, <laughs> and he was heavily targeted in his last game before he got hurt. And so I do think that he's kind of more reestablishing himself as the true number one. I've got him projected for a pretty good target volume, and this Chargers defense isn't the same as it was at the start of the year. It might be garbage time, but I would expect better results. A little bit of a squeaky wheel game for Chark as well. Oh, okay. I'll get, sorry, I'll get my squeaky. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jamie, 36th in PPR for DJ Chark. Yeah, I, I realize that's too low. I'll, I'll move him up a few spots. It'll probably be closer to where Dave has him at 30, but... Uh, it's it's kind of twofold. One, it's a it's not just the Gardner Minshew thing. It's a tough matchup. I mean, you know, this is a good defense. They're getting at least expected to get Melvin Ingram back, so that makes it even harder for Minshew to look downfield. 
Garbage time is always in play, and it's very difficult to bench DJ Chark. I get that. But the bigger thing is, this is just a good week for wide receivers. And so, you know, this is kind of like the whole, you know, Steelers conversation as well. Like, it's hard to bench some of these guys, but I could certainly understand, like, if you have better options. Like, I'm starting Christian Kirk over DJ Chark because he's in a much better matchup and he's got a better quarterback at this point, better situation. Um, you know, so T Higgins, it, it better matchup, better situation, you know, so there's, there's things that come into play here. So I don't think you should outright bench DJ Chark, but I think if you in a two receiver league, I would try to get away from him, given the circumstance, given the matchup. Okay. Uh, you just, I just, just want to add though, that Minshew has thrown 40 or more passes five straight games. So in that sense, it is a good situation. And I don't know what to make of the matchup because like I said, Ingram is going to be limited. They say if he plays at all, He's going to play on pass rush situations. They've been pretty so. bad. Like they, they were horrible against the Bucks wide receivers. Emmanuel Sanders had 120 yards against them. And so. Bosa wasn't healthy in that game either. He's not on the injury report. All right. Uh, Brandon Cooks, our last rankings dispute here. 15th for Jamie, 28th for Heath in PPR, 23rd for Dave. Facing Green Bay in their – so, like, everybody likes them to a degree, but Jamie's got Cooks 15th and Heath 28th. In their last two games, the Packers have held Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin to a combined six catches for 58 yards on 14 targets. So that's pretty interesting. Jamie, you're the high guy on Cooks. Go. I mean, he's got, what, 17 targets the last two weeks. It's hard to get away from the way that he's playing since the coaching change, and hopefully everybody's finally 100% healthy. So I don't really worry about this Packers defense as much given what – uh, Deshaun Watson, the way that he's playing. Um, so I'm just going to stick with Brandon Cooks while he's hot. Heath? Yeah, I don't I don't dislike Cooks, and I think I've actually got him a couple spots higher than 28th now. He's a borderline number two. I just, I do feel like he's still, like you look, he's got 21 targets over the last two weeks, and he had 21 in his first four games. Um, I don't know if that's a trend or if it's a Brandon Cook situation where it's just going to be up and down and up and down. And so then you rank him in the middle. But I I think he's a fine borderline number two. I'm just a little bit concerned that there could be a three to five target game coming. I think the answer is clearly yes for Jamie. But Heath, would you start Brandon Cooks over a Steelers wide receiver? Yeah, all of them. And guys, would you start Chark or Cooks over Travis Fulgham or Darius Slayton? Uh, I moved Chark ahead of Slayton, so I'd start Chark over Slayton. Yeah. And obviously you'd start Cooks over Slayton too, yeah. Um, Well, Jamie would. Heath, how about you? Cooks or Slayton? I would go with Slayton. All right. Time for the oh, start. Cooks. What's that? Slayton. Cooks. <laughs> Cooks. Okay. I guess they're close. start meter for the last three games we'll talk about. Let's start with Chargers, Jaguars, Justin Herbert's the start of the week, so start him up. Uh, Justin Jackson, zero to ten. Eight. Yeah. Just keep for whatever reason he was on the injury report Wednesday, so just keep an eye on that because if he's out, then Joshua Kelly goes into that spot and he'd be great. Yep. All right. Well, Josh Kelly, if Justin Jackson plays, Josh Kelly. I'd say he's a four. I think he's a good flex. Three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mike Williams, assuming Keenan Allen plays, Mike Williams. Five. I'll say four. James Robinson. Ten. Uh, I'm starting him. Seven, if Jackson's in the same range. Are you considering starting either Keelan Cole or LaVisca Chenault? They're number three receivers. Yeah, I'd rather start Cole. I'll say Cole's a uh, four, Chenault's a two. Sure. 
All right, Pittsburgh, Tennessee is the next game in the startometer. And as, as much as I can't wait for this game, I think everybody's going to start the running backs, right? Like James Conner must start. Yep. Yes. And I would start Conner over Henry and PPR. Conner has eight. How many catches does he have this year? He's, he has not been heavily involved in the passing game, but this is a good week to do it. They've got 17 wide receivers to throw it to. <laughs> there's, not, there's no room for him. <laughs> Um, how about Eric Ebron versus Anthony Ferkser? Let's assume John who's out. Who do you like better, Ebron or Ferkser? I would play Ferkser, but I would try to avoid both if you can. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ebron. I'm a little worried what Ferkser's target share might be with Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, and A.J. Brown all, all help. worry about his target share and not Ebron's? <laughs> That's true. Well, I mean, another really good matchup for Eric Ebron. It's a great uh, matchup. He stinks against tight ends. Uh, how about Corey Davis? Uh, it's like a two for me. Adam Humphreys. One. One. Devin Singletary, Bills Jets. Devin Singletary. Uh, six. Yeah, I'm going to say a seven. I, I'm, if he's bad against the Jets, then I'm, I might be, he might be DTM, but I'm, uh, I'm starting him. Yeah. I would like to see the Bills just start to give Zach Moss some more work just to see. Man, maybe. Uh, you know, there's only been, one team that has faced the Jets and has not had a running back score double-digit non-PPR fantasy points, and that would be the Bills in week one. Every other team has had at least one running back. I think it's seven running backs in the last five games or something like that that have had good games against the Jets, but the Bills guys could not do it. John Brown, 0-10. to 10. Is he going to play? One. Is he, yeah. If he plays. You can, I don't think you can trust him if he plays because he played last week and he wasn't healthy. Right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then Cole Beasley. Uh, three and non PPR, six and PPR. Yeah, I was gonna say a four, so right in that range. Jamison Crowder, ten. Uh, I would say seven and non PPR, and ten in PPR. He has twenty nine catches in his last three games against the Bills. Yeah, he's really beat them up. Oh, he's yeah, he twenty did. twenty or more PPR points in three straight. <laughs> All right, he's cool. Quarterback. He's a quarterback. We got a couple of rematches in week seven. Cleveland at Cincinnati. Week uh, week two, I believe they played. Cleveland won 35-30. Thursday night game. Joe Burrow threw 61 times. It was a good fantasy day for him. Not so great for Joe Mixon. He had 86 total yards, but another one. Like Joe Mixon's had one game this year where he's had better than, I think, 3.6 yards per carry, and that was the Jacksonville game. So uh, first, your stat of the game. Let's talk about Odell Beckham real quick. I guess we'll start with Cleveland, right? Uh, Odell Beckham. He's had six to nine targets in four of six games. So, all right, take that for what it's worth. I looked at all the wide receivers who have had six to nine targets against the Bengals. Five in a row have had either 86 yards or a touchdown. Beckham, Chenault, Chark, Pascal, Marcus Johnson. So is this a, is this a Beckham week, start or sit? I have him ranked as a low-end number two, high-end number three receiver just because, again, there's so many good wide receivers this week. So I don't think a lot of people are going to bench him against the Bengals, but it's always about how many targets is he going to get with a quarterback who's got a rib injury and a game where they can run the ball with a lot of success. So I don't think it's a slam dunk. You have to play Odell Beckham. Yeah, uh, we got him as a number three. I would start him over the Steelers guys, but I would start both the Texans over him. I would start Fulgham and Slayton over him personally. Um, I he's a, He's a number three. Baker Mayfield is out in the top 20. He's not in the top 24 for Jamie and Heath. Is it just the injury? I, mean, I know he hasn't been great. It, it's, but, no, it's Baker Mayfield. But, it, but you know, like you, having Daniel Jones ranked ahead of him 
seems a little extreme to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's the injury. You know, I, I think this is going to be a, a handoff. Go try and get your win as low-scoring game if you can make it that way. Um, if their defense shows up, he's not going to do much. If their defense doesn't show up, then he's probably going to do a little bit more than we expect. What What's his – his like, he has 18 points. Is his season he high in fantasy points? topped 18 points all season. Yes. But then again, neither has Daniel Jones since week one. So. Since week one, right. Daniel Jones hasn't topped – 10 fantasy points since week one. He has one touchdown, right, in, in his last four games. Mm-hmm. Did he score more than that last week against the football team? I might be wrong. I think he had 11. Okay. Uh, Cleveland running backs. Kareem Hunt is top five for David for Jamie and Heath. He's top 12 for Dave. Uh, start Kareem Hunt. Dearness Johnson, more than anything more than just a like desperation flex? I think this is an interesting game for him because if they play with the lead... You know, this is a, a week that they could give him some opportunities late in the game, but it's just so hard to say you have to play Dearness Johnson. So it's more of a, you know, take a chance on him if you're stuck. Uh, like I'm in our IDP league, for example. I know both of us play in this league. He's available. I am the Kareem Hunt owner. I may pick him up and play both guys because that's how stuck I am at running back. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a good matchup. I'll trade um, I, I would just like to say that Daniel Jones scored 15 points last week. Thank oh, you very oh, much. Okay. 15 fantasy points. 15. So he's almost at Baker's ceiling. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. He, yeah, if you, you want to trade me Daryl Henderson, make me an offer. I was going to actually make you an offer over receiver for a Yeah, I, I need a receiver. Yeah, yeah. that Juju guy. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so who's a better flyer, Dearness Johnson or Josh Kelly, assuming Justin Jackson plays? Oh, Josh Kelly, even if Jackson plays. Okay. Yeah, I would say Kelly, even if Jackson plays. All right. Jarvis Landry, I'm assuming, is a sit. If you can, yep. Austin Hooper. So uh, this might be like a record for biggest difference in non-PPR to PPR ranking for Jamie for a tight end this year. (laughs) Very specific. I see you have him 15th in non-PPR, Austin Hooper, and 9th in PPR. That's not a record. Six spots difference. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, how far do I have him apart? Just this year. Well, I mean, he's you just pencil him in at this point for five for 50. Right, I'll take that. Yeah, that's what that's what he does. So at this point, ten PPR points for a tight end is in the starting conversation. Elite, it's elite. (laughs) It's uh, it's a good matchup. You know, the thing, it's not so much the production; it's the fact that the targets have actually been there for him the last three games. So you know, it's kind of like Gronk. Same thing. You know, those two guys have started to see their target share go up, and that's what you gotta you know hang your hat on a little bit is that. that it leads to some production. So it's a good matchup. He's, he's being involved a little bit more, but the five non PPR points, is something I would like to avoid if I could. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Hoop, Hooper or Ebron? Uh, Hooper and Ebron. PPR, Ebron and one. Yep. Okay. Hooper or Ingram? Uh, same. Who's Ingram? Melvin Ingram <laughs> at defensive end. Uh, yeah, Austin Hooper. All right, let's go to the Bengals. Joe Burrow, actually in the top 20, 16th for Jamie, 15th for Heath. Uh, no, uh, it didn't, for whatever reason, my rankings didn't update last night, so he's 12. Ooh, whoa, okay. Talking point. Uh, go for it. Joe Burrow, 12th. Uh, I mean, Cleveland's not good defensively. Um, you know, their pass rush is good, but their secondary is not. And I think Burrow, what we saw last, like last week could be as unlucky a quarterback situation as you have because all three of his receivers played well. He threw the ball well. He's been over 300 yards four of six games, and he's just not getting the passing touchdowns. So I think this is going to be a multiple touchdown game for him. I think it's going to be over 300 yards. 
Uh, I think they're going to have to throw, especially if Mixon's out. So I like the setup for him a lot. I think I always look at this with rookie quarterbacks, especially when you have a rivalry game. I think they kind of take that a little bit differently than than guys who have been in the league for a long time. So this is the Battle of Ohio for a kid from Ohio. Uh, I think that's going to be be something that matters to him, like we saw in that game in week two. Oh, yeah, and he has he is throwing for a ton of yards, but the touchdowns haven't been there. One touchdown his last three games. So who would you start him over? Joe Burrow over? Uh, Drew Brees and Tom Brady. And wins for me. And wins. You have you also, Heath, have Burrow over Brady and Brees? I have Burrow over Brees, not Brady. I and have was- Burrow over Ben, Brees, and Wentz, and Goff. Okay. Uh, how confident are you in Joe Mixon? I mean, it's it comes down to if he plays, you're starting him. You know, like, I don't think you're going to play Justin Jackson over him. Um, this is an interesting one because you have two running backs in tonight's game that have an opportunity to play well. I don't know if they'll be great, but they'll play well in terms of Boston Scott and Devontae Freeman. You said it, Malik Jackson's out for the Eagles, and Freeman's been getting 19 or more touches in two straight games, 15 or more in three straight games. And then Boston Scott steps into hopefully the Miles Sanders role against a team that he destroyed last year with 48 PPR points in two matchups. So those guys have a chance to help you. Where they stack up to Geo is the question you have to ask yourself if you have both running backs for the Bengals. Like, I would rather play Geo over those two guys if Mixon's out. So if you have Mixon handcuffed, it's easy to say, I'm going to wait it out. But if you have Mixon and one of these guys tonight and you find out that Mixon doesn't practice on Thursday, you have a tough call to make. And so we've tell, we told you this for years since the Thursday night game has been – uh, on this on the slate, take the points if you're concerned. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, uh, so he's in the top twelve right now in the rankings, and I hope that's justified because he really he's been pretty crap except for the Jaguars game. But you know, at least he's catching the ball. Well, he was good last week. I mean, you know, factor in playing time. Yeah, that's true. Um, so eighteen, but but I mean, but again, eighteen carries for fifty four yards. He's just not. There, but there's the, I don't play in any YPC uh, leagues. I know, but if he doesn't score, like it, it's not just that, like he hasn't put up a lot of fantasy points. Right, but the the passing game work has been very good of late, and you know who knows what his touches would have been last week given the injury. All right, how are you ranking Higgins, Boyd, Green? Boyd, Higgins, Green. Yeah, and where's Beckham? Beckham is ahead of Higgins and. Green, but Higgins is close. Boyd, Beckham, Higgins, Green. Yep. Okay. Higgins or Justin Jackson? Wait, wait, wait. You got you to specify which Higgins. There's two in this game. T. Who's the other Higgins? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, T. Higgins or Justin Jackson? Uh, that's close in PPR. I'd probably still play Jackson just given the matchup. Yep, Jackson. Okay. Sit Drew Sample and the Cleveland DST is okay. Low end starting DST. Kansas this City. This was the sample size though of when Drew was good. I know. I, I was going to bring it up because Cleveland is really bad against tight ends. I believe he's the only player in football with at least seven red zone targets and zero red zone touchdowns. Wow. You know who has five, who has is Adam Humphreys or uh, Cole Beasley? I think Cole Beasley has five targets inside the ten. Fun fact for you there. If uh, John Brown doesn't play, I think Beasley could be pretty interesting. Even if he does play. All right, Kansas City at Denver. Stat of the game. 
The uh, the Chiefs are usually pretty good at eliminating big pass plays. The one exception, they've allowed four pass plays of 40-plus yards. All of them were in one game against the Raiders. Well, it's Derek Carr. I mean, you can't take away the downfield play against Derek Carr. <laughs> they, they were daring him, and he came through. That's relevant for Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick is a, is a big play guy. He has two catches of 40 yards this year. His dot is 16.5 yards. He has six catches of 20-plus yards. Um, let me ask you this. Are you starting any Broncos? Other than fan, if fan plays, I'm sure you'll start him. But other I mean, it's, it's hard to bench Melvin Gordon if he's out there, especially given what the running back looks like. So uh, I have Gordon in two leagues. One is the fishbowl where I have James Conner, Ronald Jones, and Antonio Gibson. And I'm going to play Gibson over Melvin Gordon. And then the other is our telethon league where I have to play Melvin Gordon. So like there's two scenarios of start and sit him. Um, I would try to avoid Philip Lindsay with Gordon back, even though Lindsay was great last week with a hundred yard rushing, but he had no catches. And Patrick, I think is an interesting number three receiver. I mean, you know, it's, it's three straight games of quality production, you know, two with a touchdown, one with a hundred yards. It was against the Patriots. Gilmore was on him for a good portion of that game. So drew lock is going to throw. I mean, he may not have a lot of success, but he's not afraid of anybody. <laughs> you know, we've kind of seen that from him now for, I think it's now eight starts that he's made in the NFL. So I, I think Patrick is an interesting play if you're stuck. Tim Patrick or AJ Green? Patrick. Patrick. All right. So here's my issue with Melvin Gordon. Because I have Boston Scott versus Melvin Gordon, and that is going to be a true game time decision for me. Uh what if the Chiefs open up a 20-point lead or a 15-point, you know, 14-point lead? If they don't run the ball, they're already splitting carries. And it might be 50-50 with Philip Lindsay after but, the way he played last. But- I think the nice thing for Melvin Gordon is it's more likely if that happens that he's the pass catching back than Philip yep. Lindsay. Yep. He hasn't really been that involved in the passing game though. I mean, he might get three or he might Have get- they had any games, maybe one where they were down 20 points. I don't know. Um, I mean, let, let's, let's, I know it's a different animal, but give them credit for just going into Foxborough and winning. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I'm really nervous. They've been, they've been in every game. Carries. Huh? And I'm nervous about him getting 11 carries. And quite frankly, I'm not sure that the Chiefs run defense isn't going to be pretty good going forward because now they're healthy. They got Chris Jones and Mike Pinnell back. They've had four, three games with them. and They've done pretty well against the run in two of those three. I don't like Melvin Gordon. Right. But we're talking about Melvin Gordon in relation to Devontae Freeman and Boston Scott. Like we're not talking about Freeman Melvin is Gordon the interesting and- one. Fre- Freeman is definitely interesting. Like I have them very close. Boston Scott could also be a five or six carry guy. You know, I mean, go back to week one. You know, I know they got they got slapped around by Washington, which was a surprise. But I mean, you've seen enough of what this Eagles. Even when Miles Sanders has been playing well, it's not like he's had, you know, the the type of it's it's been some big plays. Yeah, no, their line is so bad. I think that it's just right. They like, get away from the run so quickly, so. That one, I would play Melvin Gordon. Devontae Freeman, I could certainly see a better argument for, especially with Malik Jackson out. All right. You guys both said Melvin Gordon. I will trust you. We are friends. We will go with Melvin Gordon over Boston Scott. I don't believe you. I spent way too much money on Boston. No, no, no. It's going to happen. Um, no, he doesn't right. believe that you're friends. To, uh, <laughs> right, to, the, uh, to the Chiefs, Mahomes, Clyde edwards Lair, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Those are the Chiefs. Anyone else? I think if you're stuck, the Marcus Robinson comes into play. Already over Hardman after that one game? Well, it's the one game without Watkins. And, and you know, we, we've said this a lot. That is, is it almost like Hardman is the backup to Tyreek Hill and Robinson is the backup to Sammy Watkins 
in production, you know, not just on paper, but in production. Okay. Uh, all right. So who's a better flyer than Robinson or, or uh, Tim Patrick? Oh, oh Patrick, Pat. for sure. That's not close. I would go Patrick, Judy, Robinson, Hardman. Okay. Yeah, and, I'd go. I'd go Robinson over Judy. Noah Fant for sure. If he plays, you start him. Start him. Yes. Chiefs have kind of struggled against tight ends. Three touchdowns to tight ends in six games. 83 yards to Hunter Henry. Chiefs DST is top eight. All right, we're going to take a quick break from the games and talk about Express. Thank you to Express for their very generous sponsorship and uh, for being so awesome and having such amazing clothes. Heath, you loved your pants. You got the rest of your delivery. Tell us about it. It was fantastic. I got some new shirts. Um, and I was, you know, I... I was doing a little little fashion show, you know, trying everything on. And I thought about something. I thought about, I used to work in a different setting where I had to, you know, dress a little nicer every day. And they'd have casual Fridays where you got to wear jeans and a, and a t-shirt if you wanted to. If I would have had these clothes, I'm not sure I would have participated. These pants are more comfortable than any jeans that I have. The shirts are more comfortable than t-shirts. It's just, it's it looks good, but it's also completely comfortable. It's and fantastic. that's what I've sort of noticed about Express is that you could outfit yourself for your regular work day and then casual Friday. They have so much variety. You want t-shirts, you want jeans, you want nice blazers and uh, button-down shirts, you want polos. Uh, they've got everything on Express and everything really uh, affordable. And we're giving you an extra $25 off your $50 purchase if you text FOOTBALL to 397-737. Text FOOTBALL to 397-737. Heath talked about the comfort. That's a big thing for them right now. Uh, no matter what your body type is, you can find something out there on Express that's going to fit you. And it's going to feel great. Versatile, comfortable stuff. Again, Looking good is important. Let Express help you do that. You're going to feel better when you're wearing nice clothes. Text FOOTBALL to 397-737. Get 25 bucks off your $50 purchase. 397-737. Send a text message there. FOOTBALL. Green Bay at Houston. Well, I gave the stat um, earlier. In their last two games, the Packers have dominated against wide receivers. Ridley, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Now, part of that is like they're really bad against running backs. They have a horrible run defense, um, but they also have some good cornerbacks. And I haven't seen an update on Kevin King who missed last week's game. So, yeah, like we already talked about Brandon Cooks. I'm assuming there's Heath, Jamie's higher on Cooks and Heath has him as like a borderline number two, three wide receiver. No hesitation on Will Fuller, though, right? Start him. Yeah. No, he's been amazing. I mean, I don't just know what you do about the matchup. It's tough on paper, but you can't get away from it. Uh, so then your start of the game number, your stat of the game number two, the Texans have allowed 100 yards or a touchdown or both to multiple wide receivers in three straight games and four games overall. <laughs> Marquez Valdez-Scaling, any interest in him as a sleeper? Yes, but it's, again, great week for wide receivers. So, you know, he's he's such a boomer bust guy because if he scores, you're going to be great. If he doesn't, you're going to say, why the hell did I start this guy? All right, let's Watson or Rogers. Who's better? I will take Watson. Yeah, I think I've I've kind of gone back and forth on that one. They're both like you're starting both of them, and it'd be really weird if you had both of them on oh, your team. I've but, got both of them on a team. Um, I actually currently have Rogers higher um, in six point. Definitely Watson in four point. This is this the only thing that concerns me about Rogers is they probably don't have Bakhtiari and. This is a game where Aaron Jones can go absolutely nuts. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the Texans allow the most fantasy points to running backs, almost six yards per carry. So running backs. Um, so great, great opportunity for Aaron. Like the 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 thing that I'm struggling with in my rankings because they're back to back is Rodgers and Herbert. Oh wow, really? Uh, well, yeah. Look, Rodgers hasn't thrown. I think only one game he's thrown more than 35 times. So he's tremendously efficient. But you know, I I understand why you'd say that. Uh, okay. So anyway, this is a fairly easy game. They're both top six, Rodgers and Watson. Everybody's starting David Johnson. The run defenses stink in this game. So everybody's starting Johnson. Everybody's starting Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams is a must start. Uh, we talked about the Texans wide receivers. The tight ends are kind of interesting. Tanyan and Fells. If Akers, Akins is out when he did not practice Wednesday, how do you look at Tanyan and, and Fells? Say they both play. I would play Fells. I think I'd play Tanyan. Jamie, you'd play Fells because of the injury? Tanyan only if Akins is out right if Akins is in then we don't want a Texans tight end if Akins is in then I would try to avoid both but I would probably go back to Akins I mean you know Fells has scored in two straight but last week is the only game you could really point to as oh look he was actually involved you know it was more than two targets basically he's been two targets he's a touchdown or bust guy but to the ultimate extreme because he doesn't get targets at least Tanyan you know is probably gonna get four to six targets you know so if Aikens plays, I would avoid the Texans tight ends. And if one scores, you just kind of say, okay, shrug your shoulders. If Aikens is out, then I'll look at what time that what Fells did last week and say, I'll buy into that and I'll start him. Okay. San Francisco is at New England. New England, stat of the game, has not allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back since week one it was Jordan Howard. And all of last year, they allowed one rushing touchdown to a running back in the regular season. I've said this before. It was Gus Edwards. They also allowed one to Derrick Henry, I believe, in the playoffs. Uh, that's amazing. I don't think their defense is as good as it was. No, it's not as good as it was last year. They've lost too much. I'm willing to say that. But the Niners running backs have six rushing touchdowns in six games. And Brandon Ayuk has two, by the way. So what gives here? How confident are you in Jarek McKinnon? I was more confident at the beginning of the week than I am now. Um, the offensive line is a mess for San Francisco. The backfield could be split three ways if they're going to give hasty work and Wilson is back and he practiced on a limited basis on Wednesday. And McKinnon, he's, he was a good fantasy running back in the two games that Raheem Mostert was out, but he wasn't very efficient. That's what, that's what I said. I know. No, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And so no, I, I no. think he's in, he's in that... Boston Scott, Devontae Freeman, um, Melvin Gordon, PPR Kenyon Drake range of a low-end starter, high-end flex, but I would try to avoid him if you can. And that that's why I took the Jamichael Hasty thing a little bit more seriously because it really did seem like they just sort of benched Jarek McKinnon because he wasn't effective. Um, so who's the best running back in this game in non-PPR, half PPR, and full PPR? I would still take McKinnon in non-PPR just based on the fact that he did get 14 carries in the two games without Raheem Mostert. But I would take James White in PPR over him. I'll take McKinnon in all, but not with a lot of confidence. All right, Garoppolo is about 20th. You know, he's not going to light it up most likely. But I mean, I at, what, at what point do we have to start giving him some credit? You know, two healthy games this season and 22 or more points in both of those. 
Yeah, I, I talked about it on the waiver wire show. The Patriots give up the fourth most passing yards per attempt. That's a San Francisco specialty. They're a yak team, yards after catch team, yards per attempt team for sure. Um, but I don't, I, I don't know. This feels like a very low scoring game, right? The the uh, yeah, the over under just keeps going down. So <laughs> it it absolutely does feel like a. Uh, a low scoring game that that number on the Patriots really shocked me, but it does. What I guess it? it kind of makes sense when you've played Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, um, who were both close to like nine yards per attempt. Yeah, yeah. Can I can I change my answer on the running backs? Yeah. All right. So Cam will be the best running back in this game. <laughs> uh huh. Then the rest. Okay. Well, let me let. Here's an interesting guy, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuels had six to eight targets in two straight games. There have been six wide receivers with six to eight targets against the Patriots. Four of them had a hundred yards or a touchdown. Starter sit. I don't want to. I would try to sit almost every 49er except for George Kittle. And this Kittle game makes me nervous. Like <laughs> yeah, it, every week, I don't know. I mean, he, he, we obviously do our rankings all differently. You do yours based on your projections. I just, you know, kind of go with who I think is going to play better than the next guy. Um, and like Kittle and Kelsey just usually start at the top. It's just easy to do that with the tight ends. Um, I was like, oh, no, this guy over Kittle. No, all right, that guy over Kittle. No, it, it's if this was any other player, it's easy to just sink him. But he's he's a different guy. But they're going to eliminate him as much as they can. Do not play George Kittle in daily, please. I don't care if his price is as low as it has ever been. It's not low at all. Yeah, it's his right. roster rate maybe. But uh, his uh, price is they're, not. They're going to take him away. It's going to be, you know, like I, I'm, I have George Kittle, I think, in four or five leagues, and I'm not thrilled about this week. <laughs> yeah. You have him third because you have to, but uh, only Darren Waller and Kelsey ahead of him. I'm tempted to put Hunter Henry over him and non PPR. Yeah, you could. Oh, my God. It's such a good matchup for Hunter Henry. Uh, Cam Newton is ninth and eighth for Jamie and, and Heath. Dave has him 16th. So co- you're confident in a bounce back here. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, by the way, is the only quarterback with more than 18 fantasy points on passing totals alone. But that's not like because Kyler Murray had a big game, but it was they've rushing. struggled with rushing quarterbacks this year. And I think last year, too. Right. Yeah. In fact, definitely last year. This has been a little bit well, of a, Kyler beat them up for two games. I remember going into it wasn't just him because I remember going into yeah, Jackson going into that Saints game last year and. We talked about how the only quarterbacks who have been good against San Francisco were rushing quarterbacks. This is just kind of a thing that they have struggled with. So, so far this year, Kyler had, I think, 91 yards rushing against them. And a touchdown. Uh, Wentz had 37 and a touchdown. Daniel Jones had 49 yards against them. So those are the three big ones. Then you said last year was... uh, So last year, Kyler had 34 yards in the first game. After that... It was three straight games. Then Russell had six for 53, which we know he hasn't run as much anymore. Then the game after that, Kyler had 67 and a touchdown. And then three games after that, Lamar Jackson went for 101 and one. And, and, and those are all above their averages. You know, like they're good rushing quarterbacks, but they exceeded their averages. And Drew Brees, are you ready for this? Uh-huh. Two, two rushing touchdowns? One rushing touchdown on one carry for one yard. <laughs> there you go. The 49ers have given up the most rushing yards per game to a quarterbacks and the second most rushing yards per attempt to two quarterbacks. Okay. All right. So yeah. that's why you like Cam. Now, and Cam, you know, as bad as he was, he had 76 yards rushing last week. I know you guys are avoiding 
Damian Harris and Rex Burkhead. James White is a sit in non-PPR, and he is a number two, number three-ish receiver or running back in PPR. So he's had, I think, 15 catches in his last two games. Any interest in a Patriots wide receiver? No. I mean, at some point, Edelman's going to have a good game, but you can't trust it. I, I would start Edelman over Juju. Wow. I think, you know, it's a really tough call in this game, honestly. I think the DSTs. Do you like them? I like the Patriots more than the 49ers because they're healthy. I'm probably not dropping them to go get someone else. Eagles? I, like, I just... DST has been so good this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't think I want to have the Eagles instead of them next week. Like, this is one of those scenarios of, depending on how your league scores, because this could be a low-scoring game, and the 49ers' point total could be low. Yeah, yeah, I just don't, right, you don't know if they're going to turn it over, give up a lot of sacks. Patriots, have they been, I think, I feel like they've been good. Oh, I'm only looking at free agents. Um, yeah, they're, yeah, they're like the number seven DST, and they've missed a game. So, and they faced the Chiefs and the Seahawks. That's right. They're number five on a per-game basis. Obviously, it depends on your scoring. All right, let's go. Guys, we are an hour in, and we have three games left, so let's rock and roll. Jacksonville at the Chargers. I think I've given up all the stats that we need here. So we start with Jacksonville, and Minshew is a sit for Dave and, he, if Dave and, for Dave and Jamie, and he's 14th for Heath. We've already talked about that. Listen to um, the players to avoid segment on Minshew. Uh, James Robinson, starter sit, Heath. I'm just starting him. I like he came through with the receiving touchdown last week. I he's a number two running back. Yep. A running back has caught a touchdown or had 74 receiving yards in three straight games against Chargers. So maybe he can take advantage of that. Uh, we talked about the Jacksonville wide receivers. So Keenan Allen's the number one wide receiver in this game. Who are like the next two or three? Uh, I would go Allen, Chark, Williams, Cole, Chanel. Alan Chark, Cole, William Schnault. Mike Williams is very popular right now, and the Jaguars have a bad defense, we know. They, they keep getting dominated. Uh, so are we telling people to sit Mike Williams? He's not in my top 36 wide receivers right now, but he does have great boom potential. I view him similarly to how I view someone like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, if Keenan Allen's a full go. Um, like He could make your week in one play, but there's also a risk that Justin Herbert has a good day, but doesn't throw enough passes for Allen and Henry and Williams to all be good. Right. That's the only concern for me with Herbert as the start of the week is the volume because he's averaged 35 passes a game. And I think he's going to have to get multiple. He's probably, he's going to need three touchdowns to justify where we have him ranked. Cause I think we all have him ranked in the top eight. Yeah. Um, and so if he gets three touchdowns, I would say there's a good chance Mike Williams has one of them. So he is, uh, they haven't really played much together. You know, he's been, Williams has been banged up. So hopefully the confidence that they built, remember, that was the only guy he had left by the end of that game yeah. uh, and re at receiver. And so I hope the confidence, I'm talking about the Saints game, you know, so hopefully the, the confidence and the rapport that they came out of that game is, I don't just have, and, and I don't want to say this to the Keenan Allen fantasy manager, but I don't only have to throw to Keenan Allen. I can actually use Mike Williams a little bit. And certainly going to use Hunter Henry. 
Uh, so in terms of Justin Herbert, he's seventh for Jamie and Heath. He's eighth for Dave. The only quarterbacks ranked ahead of him are Mahomes, Kyler, Watson, Rogers, Josh Allen, Wilson, and then Matt Ryan for Dave. And Matt Ryan just slightly behind Herbert for Heath and Jamie. Uh, we talked a lot about Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson or James Robinson? Robinson. I would play Robinson, but I'm really tempted to say Jackson. I mean, you know, matchups in his favor. Workload is potentially in his favor. You know, if you just go on the the one game Drew sample size. Um, so, you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Jackson's better. But I, if I have both, I'd probably still play Robinson. Okay, you're not level of concern that Josh Kelly gets more work than Justin Jackson. Jackson. three yeah I, I would say you know and this is obviously coming from somebody who's a josh kelly fan that i still think they're going to lean on justin jackson why why would they go away from that after what he did the All only right. thing i think where josh kelly comes into play is if like it's a blowout and he's the guy killing the clock uh henry is number four overall number four tight end this week and he's just it just looks so good for him this is a dfs play i'm sure uh the jaguars have given up touchdowns to four tight ends and none of them had more than five targets. So, and it happened again. I gave that stat last week and it happened again with Hawkinson and the chargers DST is also in play here. Fourth for Jamie, sixth for Heath, ninth for Dave Pittsburgh at Tennessee. I do sort of feel like we have covered every angle of this game, but I'll just say like offense versus defense here. If you want to look at the stats, Tennessee is fifth in the NFL in yards per play offensively second in yards per game offensively, second in points per game. They have one of the elite offenses so far. They've played some pretty easy matchups, though. Pittsburgh is 25th in yards per play, 21st in yards per game, but fourth in points per game, which includes a pick six. But it's kind of like with Roethlisberger. He's not throwing for a ton of yards. They're just scoring a lot of points. Meanwhile, Tennessee's defense stinks. 30th in yards per play, 26th in yards per game. 15th in points per game, and Pittsburgh is obviously one of the elite defenses. So it looks like elite offense versus elite defense here. Um, and, uh, you know, you guys differ. Jamie likes Roethlisberger more than Tannehill. Heath likes Tannehill more than Roethlisberger. Which running back do you like better in this game? Henry. Henry and non-PPR, Connor and PPR. Best wide receiver in this game is? A.J. Brown. Yep. Second best wide receiver in this game is? Chase Claypool. Yep. Which tight end do you like better if Johnny Smith is out? Ebron Ferkser. Okay. Uh, that's it. I mean, refer to the 60-second rankings disputes for quarterback talk. I'll do a little bit more Chase Claypool. <clears throat> I think that's worth talking about. Chase Claypool or Justin Jackson? Jackson. Jackson and non-PPR, Claypool and PPR. Like, Ron if you're Pittsburgh, how do you go away from Claypool at this point? Like, he's been amazing. Yeah. Ronald Jones or Claypool? Rojo. Oh, Rojo. Chase Claypool or David Montgomery? Uh, I still think Montgomery, but God, he's got to run better. <laughs> Montgomery. Melvin Gordon. Claypool. Claypool or C.D. Lamb at Washington? Lamb. I'll take Claypool. Juju Smith-Schuster or... Mike Evans. Evans. I mean, if there's ever two guys that need to get going, my God. Both. Oh, they're back-to-back -back in your rankings, Jamie. You have yeah. Evans one spot higher. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm uh, frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. Dior's DST is still worth starting. Fifth for Jamie, 11th for Dave, and seventh for Heath. 
Buffalo at the Jets, our last game. Yeah, here's your stat of the game. In their last five, the Jets have allowed seven running backs to score 11 or more non-PPR fantasy points, 12 or more PPR fantasy points. Mostert, McKinnon, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Melvin Gordon, Edmonds, Drake, Miles Gaskin. The only team that didn't do this was the Bills. Uh, so Josh Allen is as high as number one for Heath, third for Jamie, sixth for Dave. Start Josh Allen. Devin Singletary or Juju Smith-Schuster? Singletary. No, woof. Uh, Singletary. How about Melvin, Melvin Gordon or Devin Singletary? Singletary. Okay, Gordon for Jamie, Singletary for Heath. And um, so how do you like Cole Beasley? He has been... I never pretty, met him, but he seems nice. Yeah, he's a very nice guy. He's got 358 yards and two touchdowns on 37 targets in six games. It's a solid season so far. He's played 21 games with the Bills. He's got 11 or more PPR points in 14 of them. Nice. Nice. He's 60% rostered. So, you know, don't overlook him, I guess. The floor is good. The ceiling sometimes is a little bit limited, but, you know, he's not going to hurt you. We have to say the floor is lava when somebody has a low floor, right? I have to. I love that show. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, mine do too. Uh, starting Beasley over Edelman, starting him over Juju. I'm starting Ooh. him over Mike Williams. I like it. All right. And then Crowder's the only Jets wide res- Jet to play, right? Yes. I do think that LaMichael P. Ryan, if you're stuck, he could be okay. I mean, you know, the Bills, their, running de- their run defense hasn't exactly been lights out. And so if the Jets do the right thing and start to feature P. Ryan a little bit more, he can get you seven or eight points. My second favorite Jet is actually Brashad Perryman. He's had eight targets in his first game back, and the Bills have uh, like there's a chance the Bills have heard that Colt that Jamison Crowder has destroyed them in the last three games, or remember that and make an effort to actually stop him. Um, and Perryman has the ability, kind of like Mike Williams, to just uh, make your week in one play. Call. All right, Bills DST is number one for everyone. Thank you for listening, everybody. All right, we'll come back tomorrow, recap the Giants and the Eagles, and give you the starter sit for the rest. For give one us more. your score prediction. What's the score prediction? Oh, uh, I'm going to say 24 to 9. No, that's too much. 24 to 12. Four field goals for Graham Gano. Uh, 24 to 12, Eagles get the win. You? You are such a fraud. Why? 15 9. G-I-A-N-T-S. They're going to score a touchdown in overtime to end the game. He's going 9-9 to OT. And the Giants get a defensive touchdown to win the game in overtime. I'll go 30-24 Eagles with Devontae Freeman scoring one and Caden Smith catching a touchdown from Daniel Jones. Okay. Thankfully, there's no World Series game today. but Because you have the debate... And I thought you had the World Series as well. And this would have been like the lowest rated Thursday night game ever, even with those two markets. All right, well, anyway, interesting, interesting TV ratings after. Yeah, me too. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you on Twitch at 4 o'clock Eastern. See you.